بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته to all of our viewers and a special salam to our Sheikh Muhammad Umar Jabiri who is with us today um, Sheikh, mashallah, is a local of Lilongwe Malawi he was born and raised there, he did hajj there and afterwards he went to Medina he studied Arabic and Sharia over there Alhamdulillah he's doing many efforts in his locality in Malawi he also teaches at a school and he also does da'wah in the local villages, the towns, so on and so forth. So, Jazakallah Khair, Sheikh, for joining us today, all the way from Malawi. Barakallah Fikum, uh, Brother Asad. It's really a pleasure to be here with you today. So, Sheikh is, mashallah, he's teaching currently at Haji Musa Islamic School. Am I correct? Yes, yes, that's correct. Um, and so, Sheikh, what all do you teach over there? Uh, they it's like a, a small madrasa, okay. which uh, consists of uh, five classes from uh, five levels, five different levels. Okay, Sheikh. So you know, one of the main things is we don't really know Malawi like that. You know, most of the modern and developed world doesn't really pay attention to Africa like it should because Africa truly is a is a gold mine of talent. Um, if you look at soccer, if you look at religious knowledge. If you look at so many different areas, mashallah, Africa is so far ahead. Um, most of the talent that plays in Europe is from Africa. Um, so just looking at that, we should be aware of, you know, just how talented and how great the continent and the countries there are. So could you give us a little bit of, you know, background about Malawi itself? Okay, uh, Malawi is, is called uh, the, the warm heart of Africa, actually. It's right on the center of, uh, of Africa. Actually, when you look at it, it's shaped like, uh, you know, an, a sweet potato for, for you to get it easily on the map. So uh, we can say it's uh, in the central southern of Africa. Yeah, that's uh, where Malawi is. And uh, in the north, uh, we are bounded by uh, Tanzania. And uh, in the west, there is uh, Zambia. And uh, in the southeast, there is uh, Mozambique. So you find right on the center of those countries. I see. So, so Sheikh, um, mashallah, you're a hafiz of Quran, you're a scholar. What is, what is your inspiration behind the knowledge which you sought and also the reason for giving da'wah in your locality? What is, you know, what is the driving factor behind that? Okay, alhamdulillah. I should really appreciate the opportunity Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given me. My inspiration, I can say, it's, it's from my parents. Uh, I remember my parents telling me after I've complete, I had completed my uh, education from, uh, in, uh, in Saudi Arabia, that's when uh, he opened up and told me the whole uh, story about how I, I came to who I am today. So I remember him saying very well, he said that uh, uh, he used to have only uh, female children. Like uh, the first born in our family was a girl, second born is a girl. So he made dua to Allah Ta'ala that uh, if Allah Ta'ala has to bless him with a boy, then he's going to send path of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. So that's when, uh, Alhamdulillah, you know, it's like the dua of uh, Ibrahim Alayhi Salam. So Allah Ta'ala blessed him with, uh, with, uh, with a son, which, which I am, uh, the third born in the family. So all this, as I was growing up, I really never knew that, you know, this was the intention. Because I remember very well the time I finished my primary school. Uh, 
I was, you know, I had a feeling to become a computer engineer, you know, to, to do all these things. So my father used to ask me, what do you want to be in future? What do you want to be in future? And, you know, I, all, I always had that thing. I want to be a computer engineer, computer engineer, computer engineer. Up until I finished my high school, that's when my dad was like, okay, fine. Uh, you want to become a computer engineer, but can you a little bit focus more on the Islamic studies and then become, you know, knowledgeable of the deen and the likes? So I was like, okay. It's, it's manageable, so let me do it. So I started focusing on uh, my Islamic part. That's when uh, I started memorizing the Holy Quran. But then in my mind, I, I still had the feeling that I'm a computer, computer engineer afterwards. So after I finished my uh, memorization of the Quran, that's when also I finished my, uh, my high school studies. That's when I thought, uh, all right, so it's time. And then my dad was like, boom, you know, uh, We've got a chance. You have to apply for scholarship in Saudi Arabia and study the the dean day. So I was like, ah, but uh, my whole life, you know, I've wanted to become a computer engineering. So, what's the story? So that's when my father opened up. You know, he's like, okay, before uh, everything, I used to have only female children. So I made dua to Allah Taala that if you were born, I'm going to sacrifice you so that uh, you can teach uh, the knowledge of his of dean. You can spread the word of Allah Ta'ala to everyone else. You see, so the moment he just said that, it's like Allah Ta'ala opened my heart. You know, I forgot about everything. Now the only goal was to spread the deen of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. So that's when, alhamdulillah, I, uh, I joined uh, the University of Medina. And then uh, I did uh, Arabic first, the first two and a half years. I studied Arabic there. And then... Uh, uh, the, after that, I joined the faculty of uh, Sharia, alhamdulillah, and then uh, I completed my studies in uh, 20, uh, 2018, alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. So how, how was your experience? Are there many students from Malawi in Saudi Arabia studying at the University of Malawi? Alhamdulillah. There are plenty. Like uh, my intake, the okay. time I was there, were about seven students that uh, got admitted okay. uh, in Saudi Arabia at that time. Okay, um, so as far as um, now, now you you told you learned the dean. Obviously, you're spreading the dean based on your knowledge to students teaching at the school, and also you go out and give dawah in the localities. Um, is there some inspiration behind that? Okay, uh, the time I graduated from uh, from Medina, you see. Uh, okay, before that, we used to have holidays, like maybe a, a two months, three months. Would come back to Malawi, you know, for holidays holidays and then go back to my I really never realized uh, what the ummah in Malawi really needs because you know two months is not enough you know you have to to unite with your family and stuff like that so the time I graduated uh, I started moving around you know to see what's the ummah what's what what needs to be given to the ummah that's when I realized that in the in the towns the dinos day People to get the knowledge of, of Islam, alhamdulillah, it was easier. But then in the localities, in the villages, it was really hard for them. Because you find some new Muslim rivets that just uh, became Muslims, but then they have no one to teach them. So that was my inspiration to say that, okay, fine, if these people don't have anyone to teach them, how can I reach them? That's when, alhamdulillah, with the mercy of Allah Ta'ala, that's when I started moving to the villages more than the towns because I realized that, alhamdulillah, in the towns we have a lot of sheikhs, you know, a lot of muallimins, a lot of maulanas to teach them. So that's when I started moving 
to the villages and to the deen of Allah Ta'ala and to the rivets also to tell them how Islam is. Because I remember uh, one journey we went to the southern of Africa where we found Muslims, you know, they were Muslims. But then when we asked them, what is Islam? You know, it was, there were very, you know, complicated answers about Islam. They were like, are you Muslims? Yes, but what is Islam? A lot of answers came, but very complicated answers. I recall one person who stood up and he was like, you know, Islam is like a river whereby you have to wash yourself uh, five times and then you cleanse yourself inside out. So I was like, you see, that's the knowledge they have. So I think it's our opportunity and uh, it's, it's a very big job for us to spread the deen there, outside there rather than in the towns. I see. So that's, mashallah, that's very nice, very commendable. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward you and all the other brothers who are doing this effort. So so Jawad, from time to time, he'll send me some, my cousin Jawad, who's there with you in Malawi, um, he'll send me some pictures. And I think two weeks ago, you guys went to a recently completed masjid in, I believe, a village where you gave Jumu'ah and uh, Sheikh Talha was also there. You guys gave Jumu'ah. Could you explain a little bit about the situation of the villages? And also, you remember you told me about how a lot of people in the villages... They're Muslim by birth, but they don't know too much about Islam. So could you give us a little bit of background about how Islam is in the villages? Okay, uh, just giving a brief an, uh, example. Uh, the, it was just like, I think, three weeks ago, we opened that masjid. Alhamdulillah, by the grace of Allah Ta'ala. We should also thank the people that uh, donated uh, in, uh, for the completion of that masjid. It was really amazing, and it was a first-time experience also. To see that even in the you know the capital city of Malawi, Lilongwe, we have some localities where people don't know much about Islam. Imagine it was a Jum'ah, people alhamdulillah came for the opening of the masjid, but uh, at the male section, you you we realized that half of the Musalleen were wearing shorts. Remember, not the full truck, the, the jubba or the thawb, just shorts, and then they're coming to pray. So it was like, you know, something that, okay, these people don't even know the adequates of the masjid or the dressing that you're going for for a prayer. This is this is really a problem. So I remember telling your brother Jawad that, uh, you know, we really have a, a big job to do here because if these people don't even know the dressing when entering the masjid, then what more the other things that, you know, uh, the haram and halal of, of, of Islam. That means they, they don't know much about it. So it was really a good experience to realize that uh, we're still at work. You know, the work hasn't started. We still have a long way to go and to teach these people. I see. So what is what is it like in Lilongwe? Like the Muslim, I know it's a very diverse population, but what is, is there a, you know, indigenous or a local Muslim local, uh, population of uh, local Muslim population of Malawians, like native Malawians. Is there a good population of native Malawians, of Muslims? Alhamdulillah. 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 We really have uh, quite a number of Muslims. And uh, to be honest, I can say maybe half of that uh, locality, they're really working in, the, in, uh, in, in spreading the knowledge of Islam. There's so many people that give themselves out with their, with their body and with their money in order to spread this uh, word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And uh, it's it's something maybe I might add on to say that even the people, I mean the Christian, the Christian locality here around, you know, they're very open to donate whether it's whenever it's voluntary works. 
we find that they are really there to help also the Muslims and then achieve uh, whatever maybe the, the locals need or, or whatever the needy, the needy people are looking forward to get. So what is what is some history? How long has um how long has Islam been in Malawi? Has it been here for hundreds of years? The the uh, the, the history of Islam here. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's something that most people don't know. Okay. Islam has been in Malawi for centuries. Like uh, I can recall in the research that was done by uh, one Sheikh Sheikh Ahmed Chia. May Allah reward him for that research. He's explained a lot on how Islam started. And uh, he says that uh, it goes as far as in the 16th century. You know, that's when Islam came to, to Malawi uh, along uh, the lower Shire, that's uh, in the southern of, uh, of Malawi. And then by uh, these, uh, what do you call this, uh, the traders from, uh, from, uh, from what do you call this, from, from Tanzania and Zanzibar and Arab traders also. As uh, we have a lake there, which is connected to uh, Mozambique, so it was easier for them to travel to Mozambique and to come to Malawi. So when they came to Malawi for trade, that's when also they started teaching people the the what uh, the, the knowledge of Islam. So you can see, as far as 16 centuries, uh, Islam has been had been here in uh, in Malawi. So we can see that it's even it's even the early religion that was here in Malawi compared to the Christianity, because if we recall very well. Uh, in 1616, uh, the Christians actually entered uh, in Malawi through this uh, famous uh, pastor, or I can say a researcher called Dr. David Livingston. So as you can see the way it is, it's like actually one of the religions, first religions that came to Malawi, according to the research of the Sheikh, you can see that it's Islam. One of the religions is, is Islam. So Alhamdulillah for that. And... Uh, where the uh, Islam came, I mean, where it started, you can see that there's even a majority, close to 99% of people that live in the lower Shire, you find that they are Muslims, alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. That's, you know, that's very, very good to learn this knowledge because like I said at the beginning, a lot of people, they don't realize the potential and the reality of, especially Africa. But then, you know, obviously going into it, especially countries we overlook, such as Malawi, Tanzania, you know, so so far and so forth, countries in this area. And you 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 highlighted all the countries which are close by. And, and so much so, a lot of people don't actually realize that, you know, one of the most famous shuyukh on the internet, Mufti Menk, is from Africa. A lot of people don't even know that. True, true. Um, but, I mean, there's so much more to Africa than just Mufti Menk. Alhamdulillah, we have scholars like yourself and many other scholars who are out there working hard in the localities. Now, now I do remember one thing which you told me was uh, a lot of people they're Muslim, they were born Muslim, but they live in they when they were younger they moved to villages which are not Muslim, and because of this they don't have an identity now or a Muslim identity. They know they're Muslim, but beyond that they don't know anything. So how does this happen? Okay, actually this happens because uh, maybe they don't have enough knowledge of Islam, like uh, like I have said. Uh, here in uh, in Lilongwe, it's very easy to get the knowledge of Islam because wherever there's a local masjid, that means there there's also a madrasa whereby the the locals can go and learn the deen. But then as you go in the outskirts of uh, of Lilongwe, you won't find that opportunity. 
So let's say, for example, uh, the masjid I was telling you that uh, that was built like a few few weeks ago. You find that there's just a masjid, and then maybe the person that knows a little bit about deen, he's a businessman, so he just goes there as an imam. You understand? So there isn't a proper madrasa there so that people can learn. So you find that maybe the locals, you know, they'll come and pray, you know, just Allahu Akbar, you know, no duas, and then they go, they go home. So the children also, they, you know, they'll go in those streets. So as they grow up, you know, they'll go like, okay, let's move maybe to the towns or let's move to other villages. They have no other backgrounds. They don't even have anything or any knowledge about the deen of Islam. So when once they go there, that means, you know, they're just like, who are you? I'm a Muslim. Uh, say the Kalima. Maybe even the Kalima also, they don't know. Why? Because it was just that practical Islam whereby they just go to the masjid, come back. If it's Eid, and then they'll do Eid. If it's fasting, maybe they hear other people fasting. But then the, the real knowledge or the basic knowledge of Islam, they don't have it. So as that family moves out also to live with the community of Christians, so imagine what their the children will be like. You understand? So they'll just have those names, Muhammad, uh, Abdurrahman, but then nothing of the deen. So it's, it's, it's really like that. So as they're looking for greener pasture, at the same time they're losing their, their religion also. I see. So uh, as we were talking a few weeks ago, I sh spoke with Sheikh Omar before, you know, we were trying to get an idea of what to talk about. So I discussed with him the fitan or the fitnas living in the West, which is alcohol, partying, girls, different things like this. What are, what are some fitan which are present in Malawi, which, you know, are dangerous for Muslims over there? Okay, I think that question is general. I think the fitna that is found everywhere else, I think that's a fitna also, which is here in Malawi. Because uh, as we know, with this internet, with this uh, social media, I think everyone is trying to live like the West, the Western, uh, the Western countries. You know, they, they want to copy the Western culture. So it's the same here, also in here, also in uh, in Malawi, whereby you find the Muslims, you know, to dress like in the Sunnah way or to learn the the knowledge of Islam, they find it something backward. So they would they would prefer to be like the Western. Okay, like maybe to, to dress like them, you know, to act like them, because they call that civilization. They forget that uh, being a Muslim, if you copy the, the, um, the lifestyle of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that's civilization. If you copy the life of a Muslim or the, the teachings of the Quran, that's success. But then they don't know all that because of the social media and the brainwashing of, of, of the televisions and that. So the same fitness of alcohol, uh, girls, and and all this, uh, I think uh, it, it's the same fitness that uh, we have also in Malawi, including, uh, but alhamdulillah, I can say that uh, there's a way whereby, uh, alhamdulillah, we're a little bit saved. Like I remember you told me about uh, in schools that uh, they teach these, uh, you know, uh, sexual relations to the young, the young ones. Alhamdulillah, that fitna here, it's a little bit uh, less because uh, most of the schools, I can say the private schools or uh, uh, the, yes, the private schools, most of them are owned by uh, Muslim uh, Indian communities. So to the extent that uh, before anything is introduced, uh, they consult their local sheikhs or maybe the local maulanas on uh, how they can handle the thing. So before they implement it, you find that Alhamdulillah, the ulamas have already blocked it. So to that, I can say Alhamdulillah for that. Alhamdulillah. So when me and Sheikh Omar, when we say the fitna 
of girls. We don't mean just girls, but fitna of sexual relations, zina, you know, so on and so forth. Just to clarify, if somebody misunderstood, that was my mistake of phrasing it that way. But the fitna for the boys getting in relation with girls and for the fitna for the girls getting in relation with boys who they may not be married to. Um, just as a clarification. Um, so, you know, we realize the fitness. Now, do you guys have any sort of like for the younger kids who may be of a poor stature, do you guys have any sort of sporting activities you guys involve them in or something like that to keep them in a good environment, but at the same time, keep them busy with something? Is there any sort of program like that which is in place? Alhamdulillah, those type of programs are, are, are really there because uh, I recall very well the time I was still doing my hips lessons. There was uh, there was shiuchs that uh, really encouraged us in those activities and I'm pretty sure they're continuing. There was uh, one uh, sheikh who was called uh, uh, Sheikh Fayaz or also known as Molana Fayaz. He, he used to organize, you know, these uh, camping trips, you know, whereby you go to a mountain and then you camp there or hiking, you know, like in the holidays, instead of us, you know, being busy with other things, you know, we used to devote ourselves to go to those trips. And uh, the, there was also a sheikh called uh, Molana Arif. You know, he, organize, he used to organize these monthly tournaments whereby all Muslims from the locality, uh, maybe at the, at the age of 20 below, you know, we have like a soccer tournament, a football tournament, whereby all the Muslim locals, you know, they go and, and, and play at uh, Muslim sports clubs. So Alhamdulillah, those activities are there. And uh, also in our madrasa, uh, Haji Musa, inshallah, we're trying to introduce something like that. Uh, since it's just a newly madrasa, which opened like uh, five years, so we're still progressing to the level whereby, inshallah, we're going to meet those programs which uh, can help our younger students, inshallah. Yeah, alhamdulillah, that's very good. Alhamdulillah, you guys are doing that out there. Because a lot of times, the easiest way to save our youth is by sports and giving them an Islamic environment. You know, they can play soccer between, say, Asr and Maghrib. And then after Maghrib, they come and they pray. And maybe they can have, you know, dinner or something like this. Like over here, what we used to do, and we still try from time to time, is we'll have a basketball tournament. Um, and basketball is probably one of the most popular sports here. They The kids, they play basketball. And then after that, we'll pray Maghrib. And then after Maghrib, we'll provide them the easiest food there is in America. Pizza. We'll order them some pizza. So they will sit with all of their friends and have pizza, so on and so forth. And, you know, it's cost effective because basketball, you need two balls because we have a large court. So one play, one the game is on one side, one game is on the other side. And then afterwards, ordering pizza for maybe 40 kids, it doesn't cost that much money. So it's very cost effective and, and it works out and it keeps them in the environment. So and Alhamdulillah, as you guys are trying the same thing. And with, with football or soccer, it's even easier. You can have 20 people or 22 people playing with one ball. It's uh, very, very inexpensive and at the same time kids can have fun so That's so so can you explain to me now some you know long term short term first and long term goals of what you guys are trying to achieve with the muslim community in malawi and this is a very general question but you can be like okay from the dini perspective this is what we're trying to do from the da'wah perspective this is what we're trying to do and from a community perspective this is what we're trying to do Okay, uh, I might start maybe with a Dean perspective. Uh, I think uh, uh, we really lack, uh, you know, uh, sheikhs in the field. So we're trying to, you know, have a program whereby uh, we can train the sheikhs 
so that uh, they might have the exposure to go to the fields and call people to the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But uh, this is not easy, as you know, because it's cost-effective. You know, these sheikhs you're going to train, you know, they have families to look after. So that means you have to prepare something very, you know, uh, bounty so that uh, we can accommodate them very well. So, but inshallah, that's uh, our goal, so that to train the ulamas, I mean, that, that are really around, that are already around. And uh, something that we have to realize is that Malawi has a lot of ulamas and a lot of shiuchs. But then since their aim is just to work in a madrasa or to work in an Islamic institute to teach, you know, that's the, the agenda. They are forgetting that the time they were studying the knowledge of Islam, their reason was to call Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I mean, to call to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We should implement this in their minds to say that uh, let's call for Allah, let's call to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rather than waiting to be, uh, uh, what you call this, uh, to work to work in an Islamic institute or something like that. Okay, so inshallah, that's something we I'm really looking forward to, to say that let's train these ulamas and implement in them to say that our job is not only to work in the madrasa and teach the people how to memorize the Quran and read the Quran, but our job is to spread the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, uh, the other thing is that, uh, alhamdulillah, uh, the graduates of uh, Medina University have opened up uh, a WhatsApp group, whereby after you know some research, we found that uh, the, the women and the Muslim sisters, they really lack the Islamic knowledge. So after sitting down, I should really thank uh, Shuyukhs. Some of them are still in, uh, they're still in Medina, they're still studying, like uh, Sheikh uh, um, Posa, He's doing a PhD in uh, in fiqh studies, and we also have uh, Sheikh uh, Ishaq, who is also doing uh, a master's in uh, Islamic economics, and uh, we have Sheikh uh, Sablani and Sheikh Muhammad, who are still studying in the faculty of Kulia. After these sheikhs, they sat down. You know, they found it wise that let's educate the Muslim Ummah. And then what we did is we opened up a WhatsApp group, and then we divided subjects to teach these women. So it's really working out. You know, the time we're trying, we're just like, ah, let's let's just try and see where it get it's gonna get us. But alhamdulillah, right now we can say we have a, a three months period, and it's really working well. And uh, we've received comments from uh, the husbands of the women, and sometimes even the parents of uh, of the sisters that are studying on that uh, WhatsApp group, that it's really positive and it's really doing miracles. Because what you have to understand is that Malawi is really flexible on the men. You know, the, like a family is really open to send the boy child to Madrasa and study the knowledge of Islam and stuff like that. You know, because they don't want to be independent on themselves. But then to the male side, the moment they finish high school, you know, they're scared that uh, she's already old. Why should we send her to the madrasa and stuff like that? Maybe something bad will happen to her. So, you know, they they like, you know, they're pushing back in uh, in educating the female students. So we found that this is an opportunity to teach the, the Muslim sisters and the Muslim women that, you know, they didn't have the opportunity to learn the Islamic knowledge. So Alhamdulillah, so far, we're teaching Tawheed, we're teaching Arabic, we're teaching Ahadith, and uh, we're teaching Fiqh. So Alhamdulillah, Inshallah, even next week, we'll be having exams for for uh, for this forum. So Inshallah, let me just uh, let me just wish them good luck also for that. So Inshallah, <laughs> our long term, our long term, 
for a long, our long-term course for, for, for this one, I can say that we want to open up an online madrasa, which is in the native language to teach our native uh, Muslim sisters and women that lack the opportunity to go to madrasa. Inshallah, may Allah make it happen. Alhamdulillah, that's good. So this is a... Uh... So you guys have some active efforts going on. Um, they're working, alhamdulillah. That's good. Um, and as far as da'wah, uh, da'wah within Muslims like Tabligh and da'wah outside of Muslims, what are the you know, short-term goals in that, in that regards? Uh, come again? I was saying da'wah, as far as da'wah to Muslims, doing Tabligh to Muslims and doing Tabligh to non-Muslims, what are some short-term goals that we have over there in Malawi? Okay, Alhamdulillah, I can say that uh, Muslim to Muslim da'wah, it's, it's very easy because, you know, it's like you just have to teach them the basics and then maybe encourage them of one and two things whereby you feel that maybe they are weak. For example, maybe a community whereby uh, it's full of Christians and you have a few Muslims. So, you know, you try to teach them halal and haram stuff, which is, you know, like one, two day thing. And then Alhamdulillah, they're back on track. Uh, so I can say that uh, da'wah or tabligh to Muslim and Muslim, it's, it's uh, a tough thing to do here. Alhamdulillah, it's an open thing and uh, alhamdulillah, it's really working on. Uh, on the other hand of uh, da'wah to Muslim, Muslims to, to Christians, uh, I can say that that's where the mission is. Because, you know, uh, it's something that uh, needs a lot of, uh, you know, investment in it. Like, for example, as I have already said that, for example, in Lilongwe, you know, it's very easy for someone to become a Muslim. He'll just go to the local masjid and ask about Islam and then become a Muslim. But then we're talking about outside there, the local, the local uh, villages and outside Lilongwe and outside other towns. You know, you have to go there and then you teach them about the knowledge of Islam. Alhamdulillah, it's very easy because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have said, uh, you know, it's uh, So Alhamdulillah, in Malawi, we have these Christians. And Christians is very easy for them, you know, to call them to Islam. Because, you know, Allah ta'ala has already said they're our friends. Understand? So the moment you give them two, three words, and then, you know, they compare what their pastors have told them, you know, after the, the priests have told them, you know, they go like, this is the same message. And then after you tell them who is Jesus and you tell them this, who is Muhammad, and then you differentiate the two that it's not God, it's not all this, you know, the deities and stuff, you know, they just fall into you. They go like, okay, you know what? We want to become Muslims. I think this is a clear, you know, this is a clear, uh, what you call this, clear path. But then the problem arises when you have given them da'wah. They have become Muslims. And then what next? You are going back to Lilongwe. What about the villagers? Who is going to teach them about the haram and the halal? Who is going to teach them about, you know, what, what to do and what not to do? You know, all these things. So I think uh, I can say that's the challenge because what was supposed to be happening is the moment you give them da'wah, for example, you go to the village, you give them da'wah. So if there was a good investment, that means it was something like build a madrasa or build a school there and then put a sheikh who is going to work with the locals, teaching them the of Islam. Instance, that was going to be a good way to do so. But then you find that you have called them to Islam and Alhamdulillah they have accepted. Two, three months you go back, you know, you find, subhanAllah, maybe they went back to their religions. You understand? They're still going to the church. 
Yes, the method you became Muslims three months ago is like, yeah, but then we didn't know what to do. So what could we do? We had to worship, you know. So we've gone back to our churches to worship. We can't stay without worshiping. So I think uh, I can say maybe that's the challenge that uh, that is there. So if it was like uh, possible, like maybe when we give da'wah, you know, we tell them about Islam and then they accept, they revert to Islam. If we could give like an investment, a madrasa is more than enough. You know, a sheikh staying back there and then teaching them, it's more than enough. But then I've, as I've already said, that needs, you know, financial investments and also uh, people also to help in that uh, in that majal. So uh, I can say uh, that's really the, the thing here. But then uh, for us to call the Christians to Islam, it's as easy as it. And uh, it's alhamdulillah, we can really thank Allah for that. And our government is an open government whereby you can go on the open street market and then start preaching about Islam. You know, no one is going to point fingers at you that what are you doing? What are you preaching? So we should really thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for that opportunity. And uh, it's just something that just needs a little bit of uh, maybe financial assist. And we can really spread the knowledge of Islam, inshallah. So in uh, there's a sheikh, he's in Kenya, in Turkana. Uh, his name is Sheikh Samir Jama'a. So one of my friends, he's a, he's a lawyer here. And his work is he fights for Muslim civil rights in America. A lot of times our civil rights in America, they're infringed upon. So this was his job. Mashallah, he has a long beard and he wears a kufi. And, you know, he's very in touch with the deen as well. So uh, he saw a video of the sheikh. And the sheikh, all he used to do is he would take a, a loudspeaker and a microphone. And he would go around, you know, different, different towns and cities in Kenya, in northern Kenya. And he would just recite Quran. And people would, you know, they would revert to Islam by listening to his recitation, mashallah. Um, and I know in uh, in Africa, you guys, mashallah, are very talented. And I have a lot of friends who are, you know, of African descent. And they're hafiz as well. And they're, mashallah, their voices are very good. So, Shaykh, can you recite some Quran for us? <laughs> mashallah, that's, uh, that's really an opportunity. But what about if I'm not talented as them? <laughs> I think we're talented, inshallah, Shaykh. Just Fatiha. Let us listen to at least Fatiha. Okay, uh, thank you for that opportunity. All right. A'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajeem. Bismillahir rahmanir rahim. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Ar-Rahmanir Rahim Maliki Yawmiddin Iyaka Na'budu wa Iyaka Nasta'in Ihdina Sirat Al-Mustaqim Sirat Al-Ladhina An'amta Alayhim غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين. جزاك الله خير شيخ أحسنت وأجملت. بارك الله فيك. الله سبحانه وتعالى أكتب. ما شاء الله. There's truly a beautiful recitation. جزاك الله خير. But what's it called? So Sheikh, um, I know your Maghrib time is also coming soon. So, inshallah, we're going to get to the conclusion part. So, Sheikh, what are some, you know, inshallah, some 
what's it called? Some last, some lasting advice you can give us. Okay, uh, uh, I think this will go to the uh, as a whole, and uh, more especially here in Malawi. Uh, and uh, I'm going to focus more in uh, in Africa as I have more experience in it. I would say that uh, you know we as youth. Because, as you can see, I'm really a young sheikh, you know. So we as youth, we really uh, have a big job, you know. We really have a big work to do uh, in spreading the knowledge of Islam and the teachings of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. As we should know that uh, the deen that we have right now, you know, it was kept by, the, by our parents. But then they had, you know, little knowledge of this deen of Islam. So when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has opened the doors for us, you know, we are able to go outside the country and more especially Madinatul Munawwar to get the knowledge of Islam and also in other madaris to get the knowledge of Islam. It is our duty to spread that knowledge and to teach it to others. Let's not just take that knowledge and sit with it. Okay, because I know like more in Africa, like, you know, the, the job of being a sheikh or being a muallim is regarded as you know the lowest of the law but then it's our job if you have studied this knowledge and then you're doing something else like for example here in malawi we have sheikhs that have studied the islamic knowledge and they are accountants or they are nurses they are doctors okay let's use that opportunity to spread the deen of islam not just keep that knowledge to ourselves let's use this knowledge uh, to spread the word of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so i'm encouraging my youth and my fellow youth to say that whatever knowledge we have, the little knowledge of deen we have, let's spread it to others. Let's call other people to Islam because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said in the Quran, وَمَنْ To say that the best of words, you know, is calling to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then at the end of the day, you are a Muslim. Then what, what more can you lose? So I think I can just say that... Uh, as Muslim youth, I think we really have a big job to do. And, and let's not, uh, you know, the, the Western culture, it's fake, you know, as what they portray in the in the social media or in the televisions is not the real life they're living in. And you, as you can see also, you know, those people that they call themselves enjoying life, you find that, you know, they have a higher rate of suicidal, suicidals, you understand? They're killing themselves. So why do you want to involve yourself in those things? So let's uh, let's let's really uh, put Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam as our idol. Let's read more in the Islamic books. For that, then we're going to find uh, success, inshallah. Inshallah. Um, Jazakallah khair, Sheikh. Sheikh, inshallah, I'm gonna get in contact with Jawad, and inshallah, over the course of the next year, we'll try to see if we can maybe we can arrange a nice soccer field. I'll try to get some of my friends and myself, and for the kids, inshallah, we'll try to arrange a nice soccer field. Um, and, uh, last year I, I worked for an NGO and last year, um, I wasn't working for them, but voluntarily we sent about a hundred pairs of cleats, soccer cleats, Adidas and Nike cleats for orphans in uh, Tanzania. So inshallah, I'll try to see if we can arrange something like that also for the youth, um, in Malawi, inshallah. That's, that's my intention. Inshallah, we'll see how difficult it is to get the items there because I don't know, I've never done it before. But inshallah, um, I'll be in contact with Jawad and we'll try to see if we can work on something, at least arranging some goals and stuff like that. Inshallah, inshallah. Okay. That will be really appreciative, inshallah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy, inshallah. <laughs> inshallah. Jazakallah khair, Shaykh. 
Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Alaikum assalam. Remember telling your duas. Allahumma amin. Allahumma amin.